Welcome to Ms. Lyrics Poetry Outlaws, a show about all things poetry. I'm your host, Catherine Owen. Good morning, Outlaws. It's Friday. It's cloudy. I'm still going to sit outside afterwards, of course, and work on handwriting a prose review because prose reviews pay, albeit a pittance. And also, prose writers are often more grateful than poets. Alas, we poets are awfully sensitive. I get that. But also, blah de blah, it's about the craft. Okay, so today we have one of our last two so far submitted entrances. I had a whack of them for season seven, but now they've dwindled to uh, just a few for season eight. There's probably 10 or 12 poets who've said that they would send them in. And of course, I get a little bit tired of poking and prodding and hoping and, you know, saying, hey, remember... So I'm just going to let that go for now. I'm letting a lot of things go for now because, wow, sometimes it just seems you spend half your life doing things for free that don't even yield results. So on that note, today we have George Murray from Newfoundland, uh, St. John's. And I met George back in 2009 when I was on my Cross Canada Frenzy tour. And we read together at the Ship Pub, uh, or this the Ship Inn. Fantastic place to read. You get to be served your booze by William Bonney, Billy Bonney, uh, one of my fave bartenders ever. And uh, there's usually a decent turnout. I remember that particular tour that I sold 12 copies of my book, which was unheard of for me. And I have just terrific readings there. Last time I read there was 2018 with uh, the musician Ali Duff. But yeah, George read from his aphorisms with me in 2009. And then he took me out for clam chowder and walked me back to where I was staying at Janet Heron's. I remember it was windy and rainy and very memorable. So George is going to be focused mostly today on talking about publishing and he wants to give advice for beginners. He suggests it's not the goal for poets. This is a very interesting position I find because yes of course putting a book together for a poet is not necessarily and usually about making money and if you're not an academic and you don't have to do the publisher parish well you don't uh, have that requirement either but for me always putting a book together has been about the culmination of a vision a project a period of years where I've been focused intently on one um, you know research uh, obsession or muse uh, and so forth. And then when you get the book out, of course, because this is the way the system is structured, then you get to read and you get to go on tour and you get to have invites. Whereas if you don't put out a book, well, you're just forgotten about. And that is an unfortunate cycle, I suppose, which is why it's so interesting. Uh, Kevin Spence, for instance, going on the road with his chat books. And I personally think that we should just go on the road as poets like, you know, Bliss Carmen and E. Pauline uh, Johnson, Tekka Onwake, used to do. 
and just recite other people's poems and our own poems and celebrate the orality of poetry because that is its core. So George says the moment of creation is with craft and orality. Uh, he would take back half of what he's published and wait longer. And now he looks at poems as time capsules. So yeah, I agree. You don't want to have, you know, as much regret as possible. I personally don't tend to look back at books I've published very much. Occasionally I'll do an overview reading, but mostly I just let it be in its own temporality and see it as a process of evolution or tangents or variations. But of course, you want to spend as much time editing your work as possible before publishing it. And, you know, our publishing system is so incredibly slow that there's no excuse for not doing this because, you know, you might have, for instance, Riven I finished in 2014 and it came out in 2020. So I had a good chunk of time to immerse myself in those pieces and make them as perfect as they could be. Uh, George is fortunate, he says, and he gets requests now for poems to be published. Uh, doesn't happen too often to me. Uh, he says, make your work a, a, that of art, not of notoriety. Yes, I mean, I don't fall into that camp either. I don't think, though I'm sure some people think of me as semi-notorious, but I don't think of my poetry that way at all. And he ends up by reading a poem called Flute Lesson about poets. And he thanks the miss, which I'm presuming is Ms. Lyrics. So thank you, George. And please, outlaws, enjoy an entrances with George Murray. musician hums a tune. 
that moment of creation should be your real goal. And then subsequently follow that up with judicious application of craft and listen to yourself speak the poem, read it in your head, find a way to engage with it as somebody who is coming to it for the first time. And then maybe somewhere down the line, publishing will be a byproduct of that. And the reason I say this is because I would probably, if I had the chance, take back about half of the things that I've written and published over the years. I've really slowed down on how often I'm sending things away to journals and so forth. Uh, it felt very exciting at first and it felt very urgent to get my name out there and create some sort of, I don't know what, career, some kind of feeling of other people noticing that I was alive. But I'm not uh, all that concerned about that anymore. And I suppose I have the benefit of having done a lot of publishing. But if I could go back and talk to young me, I would tell me, there's no real rush here. Those kinds of things will come with time. And if you don't let time intervene between the finishing of a poem and the publication of it, it's very likely that you'll miss something that you, you will regret later. Later you, older you, will look back on younger you and have to shake their head and think, my goodness, what was I thinking? Now that could be the case if you wait two years and work two years on a poem and publish it and still find many years later you're not all that fond of it. But at least you'll know then that you gave it its due diligence and that it was the best it could possibly be by the time it appeared in print. So that would be my main advice to you, would be to look at your poems as, as little time capsules that are for your drawer, for your file, and you can bring them out again every six months and take a look at them and take a little more time with them. And at some point, when there's no more changes to be made, when there's, no, there's nowhere to go with it to make it grow, then you can send it out. I'm lucky enough now that I mostly don't send my poems out. I get people who ask me to publish them, and I send them a poem, usually, hopefully, one that's had a bit of time to come to its logical conclusion and become a work of art instead of a mere attempt at notoriety. I'm also going to read a poem here, thanks to the Miss for inviting me on and asking me to read one. This poem is in the new section from my book, Problematica. It's called Flute Lesson, but it's actually about poets. It used to be we scoffed at flautists, those whose decline began with Wolfgang and ended abruptly at Jethro Tull. What use is a flautist, much less a flute, what do they do beside give little birds flight in Prokofiev? The rolled eyes have it, flutes bore, and flautists are whack.
which to young folk back then meant ineffably negative. But here I am now, older and lying awake, worried about the flautists. How can they fly? What if the birds go? Thanks so much. You've been listening to Miss Lyrics Poetry Outlaws. Stay fierce, word musicians. <laughs>